welcome everybody to the Myling Deep Dive. I'm Michael Delulio. I'm here with Becky Cania, and uh, we just started our United Way campaign this week. We are enjoying the, the heat of summer a little bit here in Rochester, New York. Yeah, yeah. High 60s. Heat of summer. I think it's in the 70s today. Uh, okay, I'll take your word for it. Take your word for it. <laughs> if anybody's like me, your grass needs to be cut desperately. Um, but we're here today to talk about May being Mental Health Awareness Month. And that's a topic that um, we've written about and talked about a lot of paychecks. Over the last several years, for sure, our relationship with the campaign to change direction has been something that employees have kind of gravitated toward. Um, and today we're going to talk with an employee, Erin uh, Gilmer. Erin, I'm happy to have you on with us today. And she's a PEO benefits specialist in St. Pete, Florida. Erin, um, how are you doing? I am doing great. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. So maybe before we get into the mental health conversation, um, just tell us a little bit about your paychecks history. When did you start with the company? Um, what's kind of been your career journey in terms of different roles you might have had? And then what you do today? I started off as a, um, a temp and I was a temp for about almost four years uh, before I became permanent. And um, I started off as a phone rep. And I did that for a very small part portion of time. Um, uh, and then I got moved to email research and case creation and stuff like that. So I'm on the, I am in the PEO specialist H&B, you know, umbrella. Um, but the main thing that I do is I research all of the emails that come into the PEO inbox and then make sure that they go to the appropriate people. Very nice. Very nice. You are the gatekeeper. Yes, I have literally used that very word to describe <laughs> myself. <laughs> so, Erin, I want to start with, I I think sometimes on the podcast, we talk about topics that maybe I can't relate to personally, maybe Becky can't, we can't really put ourselves in the shoes. But I mean, this is certainly something that resonates with me personally. And I, I think yeah, I can same. say for Becky, same. same. So what's your... I guess, kind of relationship or history with the topic of mental health? So about 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. And uh, it was 2012. Um, and I was shocked and scared and ashamed and very uncomfortable with the diagnosis at the time. And at the time, there was not a lot of positive representation in the media about bipolar disorder. It was a very misunderstood illness. Um, specifically, medical terms, it's a disturbance in the mental and physical activity of a human being. Uh, so it tends to swing from mania, which is uh, which is, comes from the Greek, which means to speed up, and then depress, which means to slow down. Uh, so in, uh, in terms of <laughs> In terms of fashion, uh, it would be like wearing a sparkly high heel on one foot and a broken bedroom slipper that is oversized on the other foot and trying to learn how to maintain a balance um, every day of your life. It's very, uh, you know, the, the, the goal of any bipolar person really is to stay in the middle, um, is a great quote by Aristotle, which is, he refers to it as the golden middle, the desirable middle between two extremes. And my entire life, my work life, my schedule, my relationships with people, 
um, how everything that I do that I operate with is goes into managing my mental illness uh, and, and, and to manage mental wellness in general. It's very, you know, it, I, my best friend had this wonderful quote and uh, she was so afraid of offending me at the time. And she was like, yeah, she's like, yeah, it takes a lot of work to be you. <laughs> and I was like, you're not wrong. Um, no, it absolutely does. So, Well, y- you know what? It, when you say it takes a lot of work to be you, I think we can extrapolate that, right? And say it's if we all kind of applied that philosophy, right? I mean, it mental wellness is something every single one of us should aspire to. And, you know, I mean, you found your golden middle because you you had this diagnosis. You knew you had to manage, manage it. And some people may not know they needed a golden middle, whether or not they have bipolar, but just to stay mentally well, right? So I guess one of the things you mentioned is that when you were first diagnosed, you felt ashamed. And I think we've all learned over the years that there has certainly been a stigma around mental illness and hopefully that stigma is starting to dissipate. Um, but when you when you talk about somebody who might be afraid to get resources because they're afraid of the stigma, how how should somebody like that overcome that? You know, what's a way to just move forward? So one of the things that I kind of had to do was, you know, I had to do a lot of research on my own. Um, and I, and there wasn't a whole lot of resources at the time. Like I'm very grateful for the time period we live in today because now it's like, Hey, you're bipolar. Cool. Here's a shirt. Uh, here's a Facebook group you can join. Um, here's 70 other bipolar people you can go hang out with. You know, like there's a, there's a lot more of an acceptance today than there was in 2012. It was not until 2013 that President Obama actually declared May to be Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, before that, it was very, you know, it was portrayed in this, uh, you know, like, hey, like Charlie Sheen, okay? <laughs> like, it was, it was a lot of that, um, and so it was difficult for me to be, uh, you know, open about it at the time. But once I started doing my research and I started learning things, I started learning things about not only about medication and therapy, which were very important, but the importance of sleep the importance of nutrition, um, the importance of having a routine that works for you, the importance of work management, stress management, uh, exercise, and those types of things. And once I learned that that it, it's all just different little pieces of a puzzle and the puzzle equals, you know, the staying in the middle part, then it became easier. And thankfully, it is more socially acceptable now. You know, it, it is a different animal than it used to be. Um, and the important thing is like, we, you know, when you find out, it's like you, you have to recover out loud. You have to live out loud. Um, because the more that we repress something or the more that we decide like, Oh, I can't talk about that. Or I can't do that. That's repressing or regressing a part of ourselves. And this is as much a part of me 
as having brown hair or having to wear glasses. You know, this was, uh, they always say it's 70% genetic and 30% environmental. And, you know, my father was bipolar and my grandfather was bipolar. So, you know, this is something that's just a part of my makeup. And it's just, it's my responsibility <laughs> to make sure that I maintain a lifestyle and a schedule that supports that. So, you know, Aaron, I noticed I was reading some of the notes that you uh, so graciously prepared for me ahead of our conversation and made my job easy. But, you know, you talk about things like staying in the middle, being aware of when you're getting too high or too low, um, knowing what you personally need, whether it's sleep or nutrition. So what I noticed is a big part of the formula for you seems to be self-awareness. And I just wonder if that was something you were always strong in prior to being diagnosed, or is it something you've had to work harder at to kind of see, okay, where am I, how am I regulating right now? Were you always good at that? Or was it something you had to work on that other people might need to work on? I don't know. No, I think, I, I, I think that the, that bipolar definitely pushed me into being more self-aware because you, you literally, you have to be, um, you know, you're consistently, you know, checking yourself before you wreck yourself. You know what I mean? You have to, you have to look at all of these things that are happening and, and you have to know, you know, I always say it's like, you have to know what your triggers are and you have to know what your environmental, you know, stuff is. Like I talk about sleep and sleep is absolutely number one ahead for me of everything else, because if my sleep is not right, it will cause a disturbance. And then the disturbance will lead to another disturbance, which will lead to another disturbance. And it's all interconnected. It's like a domino effect when like sleep goes out, then nutrition goes out, then meds go out, then therapy goes out, then exercise goes out, then everything is, and it just collapses. So having, uh, you know, having, having a sleep routine is all, it's all well and good, you know, <laughs> like it's great to be able to say like, and I meditate every night and, you know, and I use a sleep machine and a weighted blanket and all that good stuff. I mean, that's all well and good, but important little tiny things like not drinking caffeine after 12, um, you know, making sure that my bedroom is cold enough to sleep in. So I don't wake up in the middle of the night sweaty, um, saying no boundaries are a big one. You know, there are times when I want to watch one more TV show or I want to stay up a little bit later than I'm supposed to. And it's like, you just, you have to parent yourself and you have to say like, that's not a good idea. We can't do that because that with bipolar disorder, it's like one, one slightly bad decision can lead to this collapse. Right. So we, um, my people, my, my people. Wow. Really? Okay. So, um, most of my friends who are bipolar, we're all part of our little hashtag team bipolar on like a thread and we check in with each other and we do bipolar check-in. Okay. How are you? How's your sleep? How's your, this, what are you doing? Are you, know, are you, are you a little too high or a little too low? You know? And, uh, we keep each other kind of in check. It's called spotting specifically. It's when you're able to appoint somebody in your support network, uh, who's able to look at you and kind of go, you know, <laughs> you're a little, you're a little off. I mean, if I had to probably my favorite, my favorite, like little mini story or whatever about, about being bipolar was like five years ago. I, I said to my boyfriend, I said, I'm going to be a vegan. And he's like, okay. 
And I said, and not only that, but I'm going to buy a bunch of vegan cookbooks. I'm going to get a shirt that says I'm a vegan. Uh, you're going to learn to be a vegan because you've got to cook for me. Uh, I'm going to join a vegan Facebook group. Uh, you know, and I went through the whole like spiel of things and he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then 10 days later, it was like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I'm <laughs> like, I just, mm, you know, so it's, um, it is, it's a lot of awareness and it's a lot of staying aware of your environment is a big one. You know? Yeah. So that's one of the things you said a, a, a minute ago was so fascinating to me. You were talking about the importance of setting boundaries and saying no. And when you hear those things, typically you're talking about saying no to other people, setting boundaries so someone else isn't encroaching, invading, and the decisions you need to make. But it sounds like you're talking about saying no to yourself, setting boundaries for you. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of times, especially if I'm like if I'm tired in an afternoon, a normal person, well, I don't say a normal person, but like someone who's not bipolar, for instance, um, if they're tired in the afternoon, they're feeling a little bit of lag, right? They could reach for caffeine. They could reach for sugar. They could reach for something to kind of keep themselves up so that they can, you know, avoid the 3 p.m. slump, right? Well, I don't have that luxury because I know if I drink caffeine after 12 or eat sugar after a certain period of time, it's a sleep disruptor. And sleep is, like I said, that's numero uno. So if that gets disrupted, it's like, uh, you know, two of the two of the most dangerous times for a bipolar person are when the time changes. So spring and fall. Those are our times when we're like, OK, like, what are we going to do? Because for some people, it's like, oh, I get to sleep an extra hour. Um, but for us, it's like, oh, you've disrupted the sleep schedule. My circadian rhythms have been upset. And now I don't know what time I'm supposed to go to bed, you know? <laughs> Like, like it's an hour time difference, but at the same time, it, uh, it throws, you know, it throws everything off and, you know, we, we have, um, you know, we have tools in our toolbox to be able to do that, but we also have to, you know, just be like, be super aware of it. It's a lot of, um, not only is it a lot of awareness, it's a lot of planning, you know, it's a lot of like knowing, okay, you know, remember Thanksgiving, 2014, you know, <laughs> let's not have that happen again. You know? So, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's a lot of, it is, it's a lot of awareness and a lot of work. And, um, but I'm lucky because I work for a company that understands mental health, mental, mental health. I, I work for a company that I absolutely adore and I work for people who, um, you know, my bosses know about this. Like I was very honest and upfront with them about this. And I said, this is the situation. Like, you know, I, I can go here or I can go here and it's important that I stay in here, you know? So that's wonderful that I was able to find not only a company that supported that, but also people that understood that when I am in the middle and when I am taking care of my mental health and when I am level as it is, I am a better worker. I, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all well and good to get someone when they're manic. Like we, in the, in the, in the bipolar community, we joke around because sometimes you can tell if you're watching a TV show, if someone's actually been bipolar, cause there will be jokes. But one of the jokes was like, well, we want to fire her when she's on a manic upswing. You know, and all of us are like, you're not wrong. You know, <laughs> it's probably a good idea. So just as 
I make, I try to leave my decision making to, you know, the middle ground. So like, I don't, I don't sign up for several different things. You know, I keep it very, you know, very uh, small. I do very well at my job and I do very well at the things I do sign up for, but I know my limitations also um, as a person with mental illness. And I, sometimes it is a boundary of having to tell myself, yes, I know you want to be all things to all people. And I know you think you can do everything uh, because that's sort of the crux of mania is feeling like you're, you know, Bradley Cooper and limitless, you know, you're like, I'm the smartest person in the room and I can do this and I can do that. And I can write a book or I can read a book or I can, you know, and it's like, no. (laughs) You know, one of the things you you've spoken about, Erin, is the support and the tools, right? The tools you have in the self-awareness and the support that you have from your community, from your employer, from your the people around you at work. Can you talk a little bit more about like paychecks programs that have helped you through this journey or that are helping you now? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest ones was having EAP available, you know, being able to being able to utilize a therapist if I needed it. Um, you know, also being able to get involved with certain things like culture champion, um, is a way of giving back. It's a way of saying, you know, I'm able to put a smile on people's faces and that's a thing that I'm able to do. So therefore there's an entire organization within paychecks that I can get involved with and help others. And I'm a firm believer that everything that I've ever received in my entire life, whether it's empowerment, self-esteem, you know, good feelings in general is a result of helping another person. You know, it's definitely not (laughs) a result. I didn't do it. You know, Um, it's, it's a result of helping others and being, uh, being useful to other people and being helpful to other people Um, with our particular job, you know, I mean, you really might be the only smile that person experiences, you know, or the only great message they get, you know, I mean, even if we get messages that are internal and, you know, Hey, can you help me find this thing or whatever? It's like, I, I strive to be as helpful as humanly possible because it's not a lot of that out there, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and it in turn is a trickle down effect because I believe that if you reach out to another human being and you're useful and helpful to them, then they'll be useful and helpful to someone else. And I believe that we can't really, you know, do our jobs unless we're happy. And Paychex is a company that prides itself on the health and well-being of its staff and of everyone. And it's all, like I said, it, they all feed into each other, just as the domino effect with like, if I don't sleep or don't eat or what have you, it's the same for happiness, joyfulness, all of that stuff. So, yeah. So what would you say? to an employee who might be listening to this and thinking to themselves, you know, I might need some help, but I don't know where to go. I'm afraid perhaps to take the first step. What is that first step? First of all, you're not alone. That's the one thing that I needed to hear at the time was that I was, you know, one of millions um, and that I wasn't alone and that this is not a death sentence. Um, that this is, you know, there is a tomorrow 
you know, um, and that the first step is going to be asking for help, you know, and once you ask for help and you find the right therapist, because there's a lot of them, (laughs) you know, find a protocol that works for you and then start researching and there's plenty of bipolar memoirs out there. Um, (laughs) Plenty of, and there's, thank goodness for the age of technology because there are podcasts and there are Instagram pages. And if you're, if, if it's your flavor, they are Facebook pages too. Um, There are all kinds of communities that are available today that were not available when I got diagnosed and, um, and, and bless that, like how that's amazing. Finding support groups, finding other people who have that. I met my partner because I had just been diagnosed and I had no one to talk to. And a friend of mine introduced me to him and we became best friends and subsequently fell in love. And as a result, we're both, you know, we're both bipolar in a relationship and a long-term relationship. And we are able to educate each other, help each other, you know, and, and, and be, be of service to one another with this particular very confusing mental illness so yeah Aaron there's no doubt in my mind that we could spend the rest of the afternoon having this conversation um honestly listening to you you're so insightful you're so smart I feel like I've learned a ton and um but I I want to close by asking you you in the notes you sent me you put um listening to music as one of the outlets or kind of tools that you have and you mentioned 70s and 80s music um and i need to know a little more about that what what's on your playlist so when my brain is going very fast and i can feel things start to pick up um usually by how fast i'm talking or how fast my ideas are going through my head it's uh it's it's time to get mellow it's time to put on some yacht rock and I'm a big fan of the yacht rock. So it's time to, it's time to, you know, pump some air supply, some little river band, um, you know, some bread. If you're, you know, if, that's, if you're into that, um, hauling oats, you know, maybe some Richard Marks, but I don't know, might be a little too crazy. You know, you want to like, just a very sort of calming, you know, sort of situation. And then when I want to say I'm in, somewhat of a dark place and I'm feeling kind of like meh then I go into 80s new wave I am a huge fan of um the go-go's and uh oh my god I mean you know what's not to love about the 80s right yeah right right big hair lots of things lots of yes heavy eye makeup yeah I mean there's just weird you know like just anything that reminds me of you know just feeling like that feel good type music. And that was the music that I grew up on because I'm 42 years old. And that, so that's the music that I associate with, you know, happier times or what have you. But um, yeah. So it's like, if I'm manic, it's like, we got the yacht rock mix. And then if I'm, you know, feeling kind of sad, it's like, we've got the eighties pop and those are, those are, those are the big ones right there. And I'm I love all, it. how do we feel about Huey Lewis in the news? You know what? I'm into it. I'm into it. You know what? I love that guy because he, you know, lost all his hearing. I don't know if you knew this, but behind the music, uh, it's on Paramount TV right now. It's really good. He talks about that, that how he like lost all of his hearing 
and now he can't perform anymore and he can't do that. But his music brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. Same he's with Hall and & Oates and, and, you know, Richard Marks. I mean, talk about a guy who's super self-aware. He knows exactly how much of a cheese ball he is. And yet, <laughs> I mean, his concerts are basically like one part comedy show and one part, you know, balladeer. And it's like, I'm, I'm in it, man. I'm totally into it. As far he's as just leaning into it. He is. He is. He absolutely is. He, he got out there. It. He goes, I know why you guys are here. Like, he's like, I'm not going to play anything from the new album. I know you don't care. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for the conversation, for sharing so much of kind of your personal story. I am certain there are people out there who are going to appreciate your openness about it and hopefully find some comfort, find some direction. And um, this is dialogue that we can obviously keep going through the month of May and well beyond. And um, I'm just so happy to hear that you found the resources kind of at paychecks and in your personal life that you've needed to be in such a good spot. Absolutely. And anyone who listens to this podcast can reach out to me via I am. I'm always available to talk and help and all that good wow. stuff. So. Much appreciated. Thank you, Aaron. All right. Talk to everybody next month. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.